Coming up in this episode of the KickCast, Armored Core gets a real-time board game, water your plants with just the right amount of water, and use those plastic bottles as your 3D printing filament. All that more coming up, so sit back and relax. It's time for the KickCast. Hey everybody, it is time for the KickCast, the podcast where we go out, find crowdfunding projects, and let you know if you should backtrack or sack them. I am KT Data, one half of the show, and joining me is a man who is not only known in the movie world, now he's well known in the sports world and traveling across <laughs> the world. Not only that, he just one-ups me again this time, looking sexy, sexy, sexy over Skype. The one and only Drew Tyler. <laughs> hey, look at this quality. Look how I, good I look, right? No, this amazing. is amazing. It's amazing what a fifteen hundred dollar camera would do. <laughs> but yes, I I've been I've been traveling the world. That's right. I went to uh, a sport thing that I didn't even know was a thing. Yeah, but it's I got the in Las Vegas Summer League. Yeah, apparently that's kind of a big deal. Did, did so you I see the, the Jazz play our local team? Uh huh. They sucked, saw, but okay, yeah. They did, yeah, they didn't have a great time there. <laughs> but I saw them. I saw um, Spur. Like no, who was it? I saw a lot of a lot of people yeah. play, but we got to interview some of the players, so that was kind of fun. And the hardest part was getting the players, the new players, like these guys who are getting drafted, fresh out of high, you know, right? college, you know, fresh, fresh out, out of college. college. The hardest part was getting them from their arena up to the uh, starters set because that's where I did my live stuff was on the starters set, which apparently is a show on ESPN. Yeah, that's the sh- did you started meet as Jack? a podcast, did by the way. They Jack? started as a podcast. Did you meet Jack? Uh, no, no, no. <laughs> But uh, but we use their set for our live stuff and just getting players from the arena up to our place. Like, kids are just mobbing them. Everybody's trying to get a, you know signing things. Like everybody just so it was a did, mad. Did house. you do the cool thing like the you know the bouncer out of our way? We got to get through. We got to get through. I was, I was on the receiving <laughs> end. So, but the uh, producer that was pulling them to us, she she was she did not love it. She was like, that is so hard. That is just not fun at all. It's like just do it. It's gonna be great. Let's just do it. Anyway, I did. I did that sports thing. It was kind of fun. I'm I'm jelly because you know these are like the future NBA stars, and you'll be like, yeah, I met him. It's cool. cool. (laughs) I shook his hand. I I put a mic on him. (laughs) No, it was a good time. It was it was a really cool trip because even though it was a work trip, I was able to take my girls, and so I got off work at like six or seven on Friday and Saturday, and we went to a buffet and we went to go see. See things, do things. So that was that was. Cool. Did you go have any Asian food? No, we well, I I chose Asian food because we went to Studio B buffet in the M Resort and so tasty. So I did. I ate Asian buffet. Oh, it's, it's great. The funny thing is, I don't go to buffets anymore. Um, really? No, I mean, you go to Vegas. I go to Vegas like twice a year now. <laughs> on there, so you know, I like, but I like the Asian food. So if you guys want to know about the food. Check out Noms. I talk about it constantly. Yes, you're <laughs> surrounded by Pop Tarts as we speak. Yes, Pop Tarts. All the preparation. That's show prep, folks. And, and what's crazy is I found a box of Girl Scout cookies that somehow have survived this long. Oh, wow. They're not going to survive that much longer. Life. <laughs> <laughs> all, right. all right, guys. So if this is your first time watching the show, first of all, welcome. Um, we usually do waste this much time just chit-chatting. Yeah, We're and, just catching up. Yeah, That's and cool. Drew is the awesome part of the show. I'm just here to press buttons, really. Um, <laughs> He's like the spine, and I'm the pages with the illustrations. Welcome. <laughs> yeah. Us. So before we go into our projects, we have two quick news. Um, this one's tangentially related to okay. Kickstarter on there. Okay. So, Drew, do you remember, oddly enough, two years ago, the potato salad Kickstarter? Oh, yeah. Was that two years ago? Yes. We've been yeah, doing was, this show was... for that long. <laughs> Whoa. 
So there's this crazy guy that just said, you know what, I'm going to make potato salad and you guys are going to fund it. And it blew up and it went crazy. And so somehow he had to figure out how to get a bite of potato salad to, to I don't know how many backers yeah. there was. Yeah, he, so he ended up raising $55,000 to make to salad. potato salad on there. Right. And one right. of the rewards for all the backers who donated 50% or $50 or more was a cookbook. Oh. Guess what? He's finished the cookbook. Wow! Is it all potato salad or is it? Yes, it is. Salad? It is all potato salads. Um, and all again, all backers fifty dollars or more are getting one of these, and it's a really good looking cookbook too. It does look good. Um, it's called it Peace, good. Love, and Potato Salad okay, Cookbook. Twenty four different recipes of potato salad that you can get. Um, he did it with a uh, Teresa Blackburn, who's he's like I'm a mediocre cook. She's the one who kind of knew all the stuff, but they actually separated it out into kind of different flavors. So there's like your traditional ones and there's like your summer uh. ones. Yeah, so four seasonal genres beginning with the summer and the classic potato salad and includes variants like grilled flank, steak and potato salad, toast tostados, blue cheese, wow. baby beet potato salads, salt cooked fingerling potato salad and garlic cilantro mojo. I mean that looks oh, awesome, wow. and I, this is a pretty looking book too. How many pages so, does it say? Uh, I'm not sure, but you can actually it buy it. Good. You 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 can buy this for seventeen dollars yeah. on their website, um, on there. Uh, and it starts out with uh, yeah, it doesn't tell you how many pages on there, but no, I I, I see my I'm, share of cookbooks obviously with my uh, with, but, with Peach and her cooking, but this is this is a really good looking book. And uh, and I just made flank steak twice this last yeah, week. I, I'm very good at it now. Yeah. So like this wow. is this is crazy, you know, because you always hear those stories about projects not delivering and stuff, but this guy did, and he, you know, there's some love. Like, look at these pictures and stuff. He he has the story of the Kickstarter, which ended up it was a joke, and he actually added the cookbook when he was out with friends, and they were pretty drunk. <laughs> and but like this is this is actually what came out of it and which is is great um and wow like that's a this is a lot of so this is Teresa. she's kind of the genius behind it looks but, like 24 recipes right wow Bro- they put a lot of previews in here <laughs> i'm kind of surprised on their day so make sure you guys go check it out if you haven't or if you're back or let us know if you've gotten this cookbook i'm i i might buy it even though i don't know how to cook worth crap um <laughs> This might help you. I love that he has a story in there. I love that he teamed up with somebody that knew what they were doing on this side of things. This could have been this could have yeah. been really bad. Like it could have really flopped this poorly. But I like I like this. This is well done and for seventeen bucks. Yeah, it's a great gift. Because oh, this is after he's he did the potato fest. He donated tons of money to um to a charity to actually fight hunger in Ohio. And then he made this book on top of it, so it's it's pretty good. He he ended up doing two other Kickstarters, I know, or at least helping out with them, um, on there. And now he was like, he's like, I'm glad I'm done with this. It allows me to work on other projects now. Right? No, I love it. On there, Drew, where'd your video go? <laughs> on there, he's back. Don't worry about me. I'm coming back. He's back. All right. Okay. So. That was that was kind of the potato cookbook. Uh, apparently, I, this nice looking, really expensive camera that now needs to be refocused also has batteries. A battery that needs to be plugged <laughs> in if it's not charged. I, I I love that. I've done that before. We're like, why am I not getting video through this? The it's on and stuff. I'm like, oh wait, I didn't plug it in. 
All right. So I always like those good stories. Now, kind of to project creators, we always hear about you got to submit your project to Kickstarter before you can go live. They have to approve it, right? On there. So Kickstarter actually put out an article on the review process. So it actually tells you what happens when you go through this process. Um, and the, the way, you know, some of the guidelines they have you follow is like, we make sure it falls into one of their 15 creative categories, which are fairly broad, might add, um, and make sure it meets their standard rules. You know, you don't want no por- pornography, except, you know, right. kind of harmful things, things like that. That's science. Um, yeah. Um, and then so they do that. And then they say they actually accept about 80% of projects that go their way. So you have a high chance of it being accepted. Um, and then so the way the process review works is it takes about 30 hours to review the projects and stuff um, on there. So plan that into your timeline when you're thinking about launching your project. Um, they recommend at least putting – you don't have to have your final um, final uh, project up, but at least put a draft up on there so they can review and have an idea what you're going to do. Um, and there's two stages of its review. First, a computer looks at it. It's an automated review. Okay. If the computer flags it, it takes another um, day or so for a person to actually go through it manually and check. But if you pass a computer review, you're ready to go to launch if you want to. Or you, can, they, or you can... Do they tell you what they look at in that computer review? Like the um, I don't think it does. Um, but it, 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 they pretty much say if you follow the rules and don't include any of the prohibited items, you, you have a good chance of passing. Um, and there, so after you've done that, there's only a couple things that you can't update. Your profile name, your funding goal, and your campaign duration, your bank account and verified identity. That makes sense. Um, and any reward that people may have backed on. Um, that, again, makes sense because you don't want to you know, bait and switch someone, right? Right, right. Congratulations, you backed at our $50 level, and now we're sending now you, you get a Cheeto. Nothing, yeah. And they do suggest, though, even though after you've been approved, take your time and go live when you're ready. Don't don't feel like there's a rush to do it. I feel like right. too many people jump right into that. They Honestly, they're like, we're approved, let's go. We don't want to miss this, you know, whatever it is. But make sure you have everything geared up and ready to go, your momentum, and then, then get it when you're Yeah, ready. on there. So A lot of people race it. Yeah, I, I mean, because I know people are like, okay, let's go live. I'm like, but you're not ready yet. Take your time. You know, it's I know you're excited, you're hyped, but if you want to make a good project, you want to do it right. Um it is true. There, so do you, I, I do like how they're being a little more transparent on what they're looking at and they're pretty much saying if you follow your our rules, you have a high chance of it being successful. So um uh like I don't Agreed. yeah. That, that that's a great thing. So before we actually jump onto our full projects, we do have a um kick shout. On here, and we actually, we actually, this is a Utah project. I actually met this guy, I think, a couple of years ago. I don't know, time starting to blend in. Does that mean I'm getting old? <laughs> You're when, getting old, but <laughs> it's just starting to blur yeah. together on there. Um, but it, it's called Jail 99, and it is a game where you escape from intergalactic lockup, and it's a sci fi board game for ages 10 and up and two to eight players. Hopefully, if scheduling and everything works out, we'll actually get an interview with one of the project creators with this for our next episode. Yeah, we haven't um, done that for a while. That would be very yeah, fun. Yeah, it'll, it'll be fun. And the guys from Spanish Fork, Utah, if you're outside of Utah, you have no idea what that means, but it's pretty close to Salt Lake. <laughs> there. So make sure it's you guys... close to Provo, which is close to Salt Lake. Yeah. Okay, yeah. <laughs> there. So um, GL, So it's j.a.i.l 
dot space 99 on there if you're looking for it so make sure you guys go check that out all right amazing i'm always envious that people come up with board game ideas that is something that i just i play them and i go how did they come up with the rules that work so well like this i can't do it yeah it's great and talking about board games our first game is actually following the theme it is a utah project also and it is a board game board games um so drew i know you're a big gamer right did you ever did you ever play any of the armored core games that were out no, from from software. No, I've played a lot of uh, Catan and lately the DC games. Well, no, I'm talking about the actual video game Armored Core. When I haven't played that. When, no. So no. It, it's a game, and people will realize quickly why I like it. It's a game where you're piloting giant robots and fighting that other does giant, sound like <laughs> giant, giant robots. Giant robots. Okay. So th- this is great. So it's actually a fairly well known game out there. These guys called Bad Crow Games got the license for Armored Crow, and through two years of, pro- of um, planning and developing in Utah, they have come out with the Armored Core real-time strategy board game. So you're probably looking at me and going, what do you mean by real-time strategy? So how many board... So Drew, you said you played a couple of these board games. Yeah. All of them are usually, you wait for a player to do something, right? And then you go on to the next player. They do something and it goes on until, you know, you go in a circle, Four right? five hours, yeah. yeah until it takes my wife's forever. like, I'm going to bed. You guys are dumb. Yeah. So this real-time strategy board game, you and everybody else makes movements at the same time. How does this work? <laughs> this sounds like chaos. So, so when they make a move, you make a move. And the idea is once you get in range with your weapons and the way the, 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 the way it works is pretty cool too, is there's an led light under your robot figure. So this is a full figure game too. You're not using paper or anything. You have full sculpted figures out there and there's a little led light on there. And that's actually how you calculate where there's damage and stuff. And you have kind of point counters on the cards that keep track of things. So you may be able to do things if you have enough point counters on your card. Um, there's full buildings that you can use as cover and stuff. So that's why the LEDs are important. Because um, oh have you ever done any war gaming? No. I so, mean, I've watched people play like Battle... What is it? Click? Uh, yeah, it's not quite like Hero Clicks. It's more like... Um, war, um, yeah. Um, war, wow, war. I'm blanking. Like Hordes and... What's the big one? Uh, Warhammer. Warhammer. Um, I've yeah. seen Warhammer, so yes. Where, where you measure your distance and your line of sights and stuff. Yes, yes. This does that too, except there's a base that has an LED on it. And if the LED, you turn on the LED, if it shines and touches the other character and you're within the right distance on there you can, and you have enough energy. So they, you, you use these little cubes to keep track of how much energy and your recharge cycles and stuff are going hmm. on there. If you have enough, you can shoot at the other person and they can shoot back at you. So it's kind of more dynamic and you're not waiting for other people to do the you thing. You don't wait for your turn. You just yeah. roll, roll yeah. your dice or... It, well, you, there's no dice or anything. It's moving these blocks and there's there's some timers, I, I believe, on there. But the weapons are balanced in a way that if you if you have like a quick firing weapon, it may take longer for you to recharge on there. <sighs> whereas other weapons reload faster but they may take a little you know you have to be closer or farther to shoot them and they even have like melee weapons and stuff on there i'm blown away again like i was saying like (laughs) i don't know how these people come up with games this one right here this is like like wow yeah and you can blow up the buildings too so you look in this picture you see those tall buildings and stuff yeah so as the game goes on your opponent can start shooting at those buildings and the platform you're standing on could not exist (laughs) later on in the game Huh. On there, so you have to kind of calculate your cover and everything, um, and this is fully customizable too. Like all the tanks and the robots and stuff, 
you can actually there's ways um and I, i'm not sh- quite sure how the rules work on this but like you can blow off a guy's gun so he can't shoot with that gun and the models that are modular so you can actually take off that arm and say oh he's damaged yeah because that's been like up to this point it's been like we'll just pretend he doesn't have that yeah okay? <laughs> this is grandly amazing holy cow yeah it is it is like this is like i was like when i saw this wow um you can see all the different robots that comes. You have the little tanks, your resource collections, um, the buildings included. Those here are your LED bases that kind of determine your line of sight. Um, on there, you have your character cards and your damage blocks. And I, I I saw this and I'm like, wow, it is worth it. And so there's also a level I haven't mentioned. These are unpainted figures, mm-hmm. um, which makes sense. On miniatures on there, there is a huge market. I didn't know this, but there are people. Their entire jobs are to paint these, and they're really good at. If they're really good at it, people hire them to actually paint them and make them look super real and stuff. If they don't strange. want to do them themselves, it, it, you're right though. They're out there. I know these. I know these people, but it's yeah. strange to me. It's still strange to yeah. me. So, how long do you think a game like this would take? Well, part of me says this is like a three, four hour like run around, blow up the city, and attack each other. But when you're doing real time and part, you know, it can happen without waiting for the other person and then action reaction. I wonder if it's shorter, like an hour, uh, like a campaign. So, or? The, so it runs on a campaign. So the campaign can last a week, a month, however long you want to get together. But each mission only twenty minutes. Oh, on there. Okay. So I think there's about twelve missions that you can do on there. Then that's the full campaign. But say you know you only have an hour a right. week to get together, you can play a 20-minute campaign and call it good. With uh, all these pieces, it would take me 20 minutes to figure out <laughs> where all the pieces were and to be like, yeah. you take this one and you take this one and, hey, did you get your little cubies? Yeah, so so everybody's kind of like curious how the, ac- the actions work. So this is how they describe it. The basic mechanics are simple. Call shots on your enemy if you have line of sight, then spend energy to activate weapons to destroy them. Um, and then your yeah, tactical decisions easy. start going, you know, deep as you try to accomplish different wide range because since it is a campaign you're part of a faction and the goal of the campaign is to have your faction get the most points right so there's different scenarios and stuff that they're going to give you and you're going to have to achieve during each of these missions that you do these 20 minutes missions you do so it's and on top of all that this is based on the um, armored core yeah the game. armored court series that's why these robots and everything look so detailed and stuff because they're pulled straight from the game and they've made miniatures out of it they got access to the original game models and stuff. Um, and you can see right here, here's kind of a picture of the interchangeable parts. The leg sockets are designed so you can put a magnet and stuff in there too. So they can just snap on and off and make it easy. And you can change the armaments and everything. Um, it's about a two-inch model too. So they're, hmm. they're fairly sized models and stuff. And I would expect to pay like two, $300 for a game this, this in-depth with this many yeah, parts. So their basic level, I think, is $79. That comes and that's with the, the core set. Core set comes with eight models and everything. I think that's actually a fair amount. Yeah, it seems well, very fair. You know, because considering what you're getting, all these models and everything. Um, on what Me, you know, because I'm me. Um, <laughs> I, I, I want to get the ultimate bot, the ultimate level one where it gives you the core set um an ai unleashed cooperative expansion that it's going to have a five to six player expansion because it's two to four normally uh, and then an advanced recon pack which is a kickstarter exclusive and a tactical warfare pack which is a kickstarter exclusive and it's 210 dollars 
Okay, that's which, not bad at all. Which again, people say it's a lot, but I've seen these miniature sets where one like miniature set could go for like fifty, sixty bucks right. easily, and that's right. not like the full game. So this is this is an, honestly that's an amazing price. I don't I, when they go retail, that will not be that yeah. price at all. Um, they're expected to deliver in about a year, which is not too bad. On mm. there, and, and give or take another six months. I bet, yeah. I bet eighteen months. Yeah, but and that's so awesome. that that year is actually with the. I think they gave themselves a sixty day buffer. Uh, good on, on good. there. So, um, on there, and I just I. I'm just trying I, to figure out where I'm going to find five and six people to play. I, I, I'm hard okay, enough time finding okay, two. Okay, I'll get this, and then you and I will play it. And then we just play. Yeah, we'll play it's game night. So, like you know, because. We'll we'll schedule we'll schedule it on the off weeks of the of the Kickcast. <laughs> we'll, we'll play it on the off weeks. I'm I, I there are a lot of things I love about this. It's 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 geeky. It's very geeky. But <laughs> just the fact that you have the 3D version that you can jump around on the board, and that, that they're using LED lights to like determine length and, and line of sight. Um, it's just I love I love this next level stuff. This yeah. is fantastic. And it's so next gen. Yeah. So they launched um, a couple days is all right. Two days ago, and they funded within like six hours. Wow, yeah. on there so they, they know they're gamers. Yeah, so this one's definitely a back for me. Um, I'll back it. Yeah, on there. So that is the Armored Core RTS, a real-time strategy board game. Um, I'm still blown away. I can't even yeah, think. Yeah, right like I'm literally going to back this after this because I I really want it. Um, and hey, if you guys have tips on painting miniatures, because I am terrible, especially things as small. But I, this is one of those games where like I kind of want to, I kind of want to do it to the, to, paint it. to take it up to that next level. Um, and um, you should. Yeah. All right. So on to our second project. Um, this is. And this. this don't this, even this, try to segue this because there's no way that you can go from. Oh, I, I I can do it. I can do it. So, I uh, so like it is summertime in Utah right now. Usually you're inside playing board games like Armored Core, right? But when it's like a hundred degrees outside, you know, how's your lawn looking right now, Drew? Might I ask? <laughs> It's bad. It's bad. It's bad. And so, bad. Do, so, like, do you just like set an arbitrary number on how much you water? So here's how it works at my house. I'm <laughs> watering the lawn. One one year out of five in this <laughs> one year have I had a green lawn that's worked out well. Some the guy that I bought the house from installed his own sprinkler system, and I've been fighting it every summer. <laughs> um, so this year we fired it up, and we got well into the you know the hotter weeks. This last probably the last three or four weeks, and I started noticing a lot of spots going brown in the front and the mm-hmm. back and so i go out and check everything and twist all the knobs and check pressure and it, you know sometimes it was there and sometimes it wasn't and so i called the sprinkler doctor i think it's called dr sprinkler they have a logo wow. that's kind of like dr pepper don't <laughs> don't call him the guy shows up and i'm like listen I'm, i've got some big problems with my lawn i can do this with my main valve and i turn it you know i turn it on and off and that's what i do it, like flushes the system or something real fast and i was like if i do that before I run my set little mechanical thing, I get full pressure. If I don't do that every single day, I don't have any pressure. And he's like, oh, no, this happens all the time. You know what? You don't want to know the answer to this. Anyway, this poor kid gives me this line about how I need like a power booster and all kinds of other things to increase my pressure. I was like, no, because I can get the pressure. I just have to un- you know, turn off my main water and turn it back on again, and I get all the same pressure. And it runs for hours and hours. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so it's... He tried to tell me. He didn't even know what city I lived in. Even though he was there at my house. He's like, Leighton has this problem all the time. You just It's just from Leighton. We just have this problem. I live here. I've lived here for all my life. And I looked at it. I was like, 
No. I'm like, this is, this is Ogden. I, you don't live in Layton. <laughs> We're in a different place, buddy. Anyway, so I was very unhappy with them. They did not fix the problem. I still have brown spots on my lawn. Yep. So, so here's, for, for, here's for the, the solution. So for those years that you've actually been able to water it on there, how's your water bill looking? It's 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 hefty. Like it's, I am one of the guys. Yeah. It's just like if it's not green, put more water on yeah. it. And I it, think there was one section, the one section of a summer where I did every other day, and it stayed green. Yeah. That was and, lucky. And especially here in Utah right now, one of the lakes that everybody's getting water from, there's a huge bloom of blue green algae. So oh, that's right. It, it's, it's toxic, so you can't use it. So there's a there's a city nearby where I live. They they use that as secondary water to water the lawns. They can't use it right now. So. Oh, well, yes, I don't have that problem. But, but let me tell you about this project that's going to solve my problems. It really it, Here's what's brilliant. I have a very old, like, I still want to get a fancy Bluetooth-style sprinkler controller. But what I've got right now is, like, a really old, like, you run a knob back and forth, a twisted knob. Wow. Yeah, I know. Mine at I, least has buttons. I press numbers. I, see, I didn't even get to do that. But uh, when it works, it works good. But one of the things that this guy said to me that I uh, honestly don't believe anything he said, but one of the things he said was, well, this this section here needs to run 40, 45 minutes. This one over here needs to go 45 minutes. And, and he doubled all of my time. And I was like, I don't remember having to do that last year. Like, I, you know, 25 was adequate every other day, even in the hottest part of the month. So something is wrong here. No, 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 double it up. Anyway, so I have just in the last week and a half doubled it. I got a little bit of green back, but still, this project is the answer. Check this out. Aqualone. Aqua, aqua alone. Yeah. I think it's Aqualone. Yeah, Aqualone. Aqualone saves your water bills for gardens and crops. Now, I'm still trying to figure out how it works with, like, home systems, but for gardens and crops where you're doing drip irrigation or maybe large sprinkler setups, this project uh, basically takes a, I don't know what you'd call this, like a, a test a test subject. What do they call it? Reference. A reference pot. A reference pot. In the middle of your water line, they, in, they put their system in the middle of it, and that reference pot... Uh, has a certain amount of weight with the soil and the plant that's in there. And as you as you turn on the water to drip irrigate, it irrigates that one pot along with everything else down the line. And as soon as the water on that is heavy enough, like the soil is heavy enough, it flips a switch, turns off the water, and nothing else runs down the rest of the line. And then as the weather or the atmosphere or the humidity or whatever else is playing a part in the elements of your exact garden area – has an effect on that particular pot and water evaporate, evaporates, right, from that reference pot, it gets lighter, it, you know, it, it changes its weight just based on what water is not there, and it lifts up off the, the pressure plate or the trigger, just, just this, you know, minimal bits, and that turns on the water system again. So it is only watering when that soil is dry and needs water. Like, and they've done all these tests, and they've been working on this thing for like 10 years, but... Uh, it seems like the perfect way to control irrigation when it comes to crops and larger things. I'm not sure grass is quite ready to you know use this method, but for like my herb garden and other places, think I mean I just think about how brilliant it is to say, okay, why don't we just test one one plant and as it dries out, it turns on the water for everybody because most likely if this guy's drying out, everybody's drying out. So uh, no energy, no battery. It's a plug and play system. You just put your hose. On one side or the other of it, and then I think they have one for your um, valves too. But it's I don't know what do you, you, you what am I missing here? Like this yeah. is a brilliant idea. So I didn't even realize it until you said it that it doesn't use any energy. 
on there. Right? I mean, that's genius. I thought, I'm like, oh, they added Bluetooth or something and it hooks to your phone. No, this is the exact opposite. Yeah, it's, like, it's like hands off and you don't even have to think about it. But when it's a hot, a hot couple of days, it's going to turn the water on a little bit more because more is going to evaporate. When it's a cool couple of days, that that soil doesn't need any more water and it mm-hmm. won't it won't flip the switch. Yeah, I, I think this is genius because I am, I'm not going to lie, when it comes to watering potted plants, I am terrible at it because I'm like, I don't know how much water this thing needs, right? <laughs> I've got a lemon tree that stayed alive for a year. I'm amazed. Yeah, I'm surprised anything lasts a week in my care, to be honest with you. So, <laughs> like, this, this, this is a great way to do it where, uh, you know, that it, it, and it makes sense. It uses a reference point that's in everything else, so you're it's going to be a high chance of it, and it just seems like... Who didn't? Why didn't anybody think of this before? Right. Um, well, and it sounds like even if you look at the timeline, the first prototype was almost 13 years ago, and then they filed their patents, and only I don't know they've won a couple of, of prizes, but it sounds like they've they've kind of streamlined it to get it out to the masses and try it out. They are they are sampling it right now in larger uh, nurseries and and uh, crop, and it's it's working. And the, and the testimonials they have. Are are really solid about people who are using this and saying we save so much water because it doesn't get wasted. You don't wa- you don't need to run it. Wow. It doesn't run. They, they, uh, the only thing I'm a little concerned about is they have a fairly aggressive um, delivery because it looks like November of this year is when they're looking to get it to people. It does delivery crowdfunding in November? How, do, do you know how far they are and like are they just they've do, they've done the tooling and they pretty much just need the money for the first run? That's what I'm wondering because if you look like at this, that worldwide pre-production starts in September, October, November delivery. Yeah, they have they've run it pretty far. I know they've tested a lot. Some of the stuff I saw in their video looked to be 3D printed, so maybe that's where they've at least like they've gotten that far, and now they're ready to do a mass production on it. Mm-hmm. On there, I, I I think this is a great idea. Um, so is it a backtrack or sack for you? This is a back for me. This is totally a back for me. The water aqua alone is it's and it's different than a lot of the projects we do, but I I love what it might help me to keep things alive. <laughs> yeah, this this one's a great one. All right. So for our last project of the night, this is actually kind of in your wheelhouse. Um you you remember the three D doodler, right? The first three D. Oh yeah, three doodler, yeah. Yeah, I spent some time with those people. There. Um and so one of the biggest problems, and actually probably the, one of the biggest problems in 3D printing in general, is the price of the filament, right? You don't think right. about it, but it tends to add up. Right, right. And and it takes a lot to print, you know, medium-sized things. It takes a lot of filament. So Yeah. So, Agreed. So this thing is called the Renegade, and it's a 3D pen. They're, they're, they're not like, we're not the fastest. We're not the, you know, the most customizable and stuff. Even though you can customize it to, to a fair amount, at least to me, I don't know. I don't 3D print anything. But it can run on plastic bags and bottles as its filament. Oh, so it uses <laughs> plastic that is not filamented. Yeah, so your your PET um, plastic bottles that you have, you know, your bottle of Mountain Dew that you have and everything on there. So it can actually use five to seven millimeter strips that are cut out of PET plastic bottles, bags, or, you know, even those file dividers that sometimes you get and stuff. Right. Right. From a thickness of um, 0.14 millimeters to 0.35 millimeters on there. Or if you're still, you know, you still want to use your regular filament, you can use that too. Um, And they even took it one step higher. So you're like, okay, now I'm going to have to cut myself and injure myself from cutting these plastic bottles to use it. Use it right, <laughs> right, right. How do you get a plastic bottle into the right shape yes. to feed this? So, so they have this little cutter called the chup, the chupa cut, um, and you stick the bottle on there. 
the blade's actually on the inside, so you could have your girls use this because the blade's not exposed outside. You stick the bottle in, and you kind of just turn it, and it, peel, it peels. A, so have you seen those people who can peel the apple, right, right, apples into like just one strip? That's uh-huh. essentially what this does, and it just puts it to the right size. And for all you guys who were watching the video, it cuts into that tiny strip. You just slip that into the back of the 3D printer, and it has some crazy mechanical gear thing that feeds it all the way down. And there you go. And you, that does your filament, which then you're turning a bottle into. And whatever color the bottle is is the color yeah, of the filament, filament on there. Um, huh, like, what a great reuse. Yeah, I, I love this. Um, and like it's it's straightforward. See, here's the little extruder, the design they, they have. So this little, uh, supposedly this little gear pushy thing is very efficient. I I don't know. <laughs> it just, is it, it's just heating it up as it goes down and hits the, the front yeah. end and they can draw. Yeah, I, I can't say I'm an expert in 3D printing. That is your, your realm. But like, does this not seem like a great idea for... You know, not only recycling the bottles that you have around the house, right. but saving a little money at the same time because you don't yeah. have to. Because how much is filament? It starts adding up, right? Right, like a little pack in the early early days of the three doodler, I believe, like an early pack of maybe I can't remember if it was a ten or twenty pack, but they were the sticks. Um, gosh, those are like close to ten or twenty dollars. Like it, it felt like it was a dollar stick. I mean, it was it was it's pretty costly. But imagine if you could just walk down the street and be like, oh, there's some trash. I mean filament. Let me you know, let yeah. me take that home. It's like, oh, that's a cool color. Or you're like, hmm, ah. I'm done with my Mountain Dew. Rinse, yeah. rinse it out, and there you go. Now you can make a cool sculpture or something out of it. So my biggest like first thought is like, uh, part of filament you get a consistent type of plastic that melts at consistent heats, you know that kind of thing. When you're using random things to become filament. I think you'd it would be a long maybe a higher learning curve, steeper learning curve to mm-hmm. figure out this particular one I can draw like this. You know, this type of filament, I have to draw slower or stick on paper first, right? There's some other element to it. But I, I love, I love what they're, what they've kind of come up with as a, uh, as an idea for the, the chupa cut and for the parts and the pieces. This, this makes like a nice little craft yeah. fun corner. Yeah, and so, like, look at that chupa cut. You just stick it on there and you just pull the strip out. Oh, that is so, see, look at that. That looks like <laughs> that is great, isn't tool. it? Is that a gift? Because it doesn't look like it's uh, the ending. It, it's, a, it's a video on there. It's oh, there's. But like, like would I mean? Because I could, I you know I wouldn't have your your girls go here. Have a pair of scissors. Go cut that up so you can use oh, that yeah, on no, a no. But this, you're like, yeah, sure, stick it on, go. Um, and so I I love it. And the only way you can actually replace the blade is you have to stick in a similar size blade for it to go in. So it's like you have no chance of cutting yourself, even replacing the cutting blade into it um I, I love how they thought of kind of the safety features of it and i love the recyclability of it just because i mean let, let's be honest all of us still use plastic bottles everywhere it's true it's true i'm not I'm, yeah um, i really love this though that you could spin up a bunch of bottles have that filament just sitting aside you know ready to go for your projects and then just get designs this little thing did you see the uh, little stand that has the oh yeah that has holes the, in the, the spools yeah the chupa cut and and then that. You, you can stick the thing in the middle and stuff that's great right and and you got places kind of hold filaments or extra things and then the bobbins at the bottom like yeah. those are straight up bobbins it's like <laughs> i i've already ripped 20 bottles and here they are sitting on bobbins what a fun little thing i here's what i wish though uh and maybe and maybe there's it's just a matter of having it in my hands. But I wish that I knew right away like what functional things could I do with a 3D printing pin? Yeah, there's lots of fun little art things I can trace things. I can make cool name plates. But what functional can I repair things? Can I? You know, what, 
I just, I'm not, I'm at a loss, but <laughs> that's just me just being like, how do I justify spending this money? That's really what it comes yeah. down to. And I looked at the price. It's about the same price as the 3D Doodler. It's about 80 bucks, I think. Uh, 80 bucks, yeah. yeah about... On there, a little more if you want the Chupa Cut on top of it, but you're, buy, totally worth it. you're, you're yeah. buying, a, you know, another cutting utensil on top of it. You can't, kind of hard to compare that. Right. Um, on there, but I totally think, a back for I me think you can build up to, if I'm looking at this picture right, like it's, you know, you're building a 3D thing, so it's not uh-huh. just on a flat surface. Right, and you can, even with a 3D kid, because it dries quick and dries, uh, cools down quick enough while it's coming out of the tip of the pen that you can draw straight up into the air and over. Like, it, it's pretty amazing the way that you can draw in 3D space with these things. I think there would be some learning curves with just different types of plastic reacting different to that. Mm-hmm. But I, uh, it's a back for me. This is a brilliant idea. Have they met, met the goal yet? Are they getting They close? are almost there, so... They are looking for twenty five thousand um, pounds on there, okay. which is right now they're at twenty one six fifty five pounds. If you convert that into U.S. dollars, that's about twenty eight thousand dollars, and they're looking for about thirty two and a oh, half. They're nearly there, yeah, especially with the, another three weeks to go or more. Yeah, um, I I love this. Like very nice. It is it's such a great thing. Um, all right, so that's all for our regular projects. Drew, did you even look at this uh, project? I, I, no, I, I, was, I, I saved a surprise for the end. I, I, I always love surprise. it. So we're kind of going back to the board game. Wow, this is a board game. I tend not to put a lot of board games into the show because you have to explain the mechanics, yeah, which can, can get dull. three in one show. Yeah. Well, wow, <laughs> you're nuts. So this is called Courts and Castle by and semi, it, <laughs> Semi-Evil Semi-Genius. Um, Wait, is this the sack of the week? Yes, this is, this is, this is our sack of the week on there. Um, this is great. So he's looking to raise $3,690, right? Okay, good choice. Yeah, so, round number right there. Yep. So his plots and counterplots abound in the courts. Pawn invade castles, wield game-changing trumps. Uno meets risk meets battleship, right? Uno meets risk mm-hmm. meets battleship. So he, he's raising funds to manufacture, advertise, and sell his own very, his very own board game, Courts and Castles, right? Okay. So that's great. He actually explains this fairly well um on there but i want everybody who's watching the video and if you're not drew say stop when we get to the end of the backing tears okay 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 uh, we're starting it right now with the one dollar it's limited $1. one limited one of one and we're going we're scrolling down we're scrolling down we're scrolling down we're still at one dollar though every one of these is yep. still one dollar we're still scrolling down we're scrolling down even more. We're still scrolling. We're still scrolling. <laughs> Limited one I'm, of I'm one. Scroll, I'm starting to scroll a little faster. Or we might be here for a while. We're up to three dollars now. Um, we're at the end of the description of the project. This is huge. And we're going. Which is still really long. Like that description yeah. is massive. Yeah, we're we're going. I'm still going. I'm a. If you look at the scroll wheel on the side of my screen, I'm about halfway right now, and we're at uh, seven dollars. And your and the little scroll like handle is like a yeah. Sem- yeah, it's it's yeah, it's <laughs> tiny. I'm still going. I'm still going. I turned on my hyper scroll so I we get to the end. <sighs> so the last one is 110 or more. You get the ga- you you name the king's territory and more. It's still 101. Most of these are 101, and there's about 76 tiers. What are you doing? <laughs> you thought so hard about this game. I had to put Uno with risk with battleship. What? what you... <laughs> Nobody wants seventy six tears. 
76 tears in the parade. <laughs> it's like, who's going to decide what to, like, and you look at it, he could combine a lot of these and, you know, just ha- send out a survey. This is what surveys are for. Yes. Well, it seems like a lot of these are naming rights. Yeah. Name one of these three medium city city states. So, I, I mean, the best way to do it is just be like first come, first serve. So if you answer the survey first, you get to name it. And if somebody asks for the same spot, you can even back, hey, sorry, this location is taken. We want to pick from these available things. And you, the game copy doesn't show up until the $80 tier. Yeah. So, which is like six from the bottom. Yeah. So you, you're not getting the game until near the end and i mean i was patient enough to go down the tier level I who else it. would even get that far down well I, i'm zoom back up to the top here if i can yeah, yeah. four people four people so, have made it to and the- so he's made seven dollars on there and like i said the description and stuff is fairly you know i think it's detailed on there um and he kind of explains everything but this is something you definitely don't want to do when you're making a project is add 76 tiers Right, it. you're you're adding a a <laughs> obstacle, a huge obstacle to getting anybody to actually fund, it, like you know, to give you anything to to run with. This is, oh man, yeah, and you know, and I, you know, if you're raising that much money, um, kind of update your graphics a little bit. <laughs> I can't, say, a, I can't say I was too impressed with this map that he has right here. He made it in MS Paint. It's ready. It's ready to go. This is showtime. He has a he has a first update, by the way, uh, that he updated about a week ago. That says, um, "Oh, this we, is... have, we have first backers. That means there's only 238 more perks left. So he's counting like each individual available. Yeah, perk. and so and then here's another one. Um, he had another update on the 11th. He went underwent some revisions." Core mechanics are the same, but the qu- quantity of various pieces were restructured. Um, oh, <laughs> on there. So there's more small castles, but they're smaller in sizes, and the number of medium castles have gone down. Um, on there. So I don't know how that he even how, how he that even changes for more tiers. perk ideas at the bottom. Let me know if you have other perk ideas. No, no, you don't need any more. <laughs> it's done. Like wrap it up and just have like a twenty dollar naming tier. And then an eighty dollar game. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's semi evil, semi genius, but I think he's more semi. I don't want to be mean. <laughs> but yeah. too many. Just, like, you just you overshot this one. Buddy. Like yeah, no one's going to back any of these tiers because they're like there's too many options. You don't you, want that. You and I should back. You and I should just pick one of these tiers and be like, it was a hard choice. And I'll, I'll decide. And who knows? Will 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 I get I, the game with it or not? <laughs> yeah, I'll be the female merchant of Ruby's credit, and I will name my city Too Many Poon, Tears. Poonhammer, Too Many Hate, Too Many Tears. <laughs> city uh, of Too Many Tears. Uh, Poor guy. Yeah, so that's Court and Castles. Um, I don't, see, I don't even want to look through the game rules now to see how it's played. I don't either. It's like I skimmed through it, and it looked like it was, you know, Uno probably not the greatest game rules, but it seemed fairly thought out and developed. But, like, yeah. But you look at, like, <clears throat> I mean, I'm not, I'm not trying to do apples and oranges here, but courts and castles versus like what was the armored the, core the armored RTS? core game. There's a night and day difference <laughs> yeah. here, and it's not just the tier levels. There's a <laughs> lot of things going on. Whew. Whew, on that, all right. 
And unfortunately, that is the end of the episode. True, where does the time ever go? Well, I don't know. Like, we stretched this one out pretty long with, with all uh, kinds of things, but it was worth it, friends. I, I, I love it. So if you guys have suggestions for Sacks of the Weeks or projects, or you have a kick shout you want us to talk about, send us an email, kickcast at ktdata.net, or leave it on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash kickcast. The Twitters, it's always, I mean, that's how you can catch up with Drew and see where he's traveling and stuff. And, you know, you should tweet at night 20 saying, hey, I love that camera. Keep using it. You should just, yeah. <laughs> you, if you're listening to the audio podcast, just for the sake of experiencing just, a real nice camera, go find go find the yeah. video version. Yeah, you can tweet him at night 20, at KT David before myself, or at KitCast for the show. Of course, if you're listening to the audio version and you want to see Quartz and Castle and all its 76 mm-hmm. tiers, Head on over to kickcast.net. That's where all the show notes are. And of course, we always love it when you guys watch live. Rev, you're a trooper out there right now. Um, Thanks, Rev. Our next episode's April 2nd or August. <laughs> Woo! Yeah, August. You, know, you want a hiatus for eight months? You just let me know. <laughs> uh, August is good. So August, uh, that I, scares uh, me even uh, worse, though. I, I can't wait eight months Summer to see you gone. again, Drew. I know, I it's true. Summer is gone, Katie. Like, it's over. I know. <laughs> if you want to tweet me at night 20 to console me because my summer is nearly done, please do so. Pat my back. Hey, at least you got a summer. Yeah, yeah I do. There. Okay. Good point. I have I an did. adult job, and if I want a summer, I take my own vacations, and there was no Nertacular this year. Oh. I, yeah, I, I am enjoying my summer. This is true. On there. So, um, August 2nd is when our next episode will be. And until then, my friends, see you. Good night. Bye.